Good afternoon, everyone. It is February 2nd, 2024, and we're coming to you here again from the Missouri Funeral Directors and Embalmers Association with our weekly video and audio, if you'd so choose to listen it that way, updates of the week. First thing I want to talk about is the magazine. Our digital magazine has come out today. And if you, of course, are a firm member of or member of the association, member or the individual members, you should be getting a copy of that or a link to that. If you're not getting our digital magazine and you're a member, uh, please call the office so we can make sure we have the right place to notify of you of that and, and let you know where to see it. Uh, my article this month, this issue for the magazine is something I'm just going to briefly touch on here. It's too complicated to cover in, in a video. Uh, so take a look at the magazine. And it has something else to do what's going on at the federal level. I've been talking a lot about national things recently uh, and items from the FTC and the Labor Department that might affect you all. Well, this one is from the United States Supreme Court because the United States Supreme Court is, as we speak, reviewing what's called the Chevron Deference uh, Doctrine. And that is the doctrine that basically says that when a federal statute, this is a, a federal kind of thing, that when a federal statute is either vague or doesn't talk about something specific, we're going to let the administrative agency figure out what it means. It gives huge amounts of power to people like the FTC, the FDA, OSHA, all those, all those agencies have an extreme amount of power in coming up with regulations and interpreting everything because of the Chevron doctrine, which I talk about in the article. And that doctrine is being reviewed right now by the Supreme Court. And if they change that or if they cut back on that, it could greatly reduce the ability of administrative agencies from the federal government in interpreting and adding to the statutory mandates there and other laws that are put on the books, which eventually could trickle down to things like the funeral rule. So uh, take a look at that article. Uh, and always, if you have any questions about it, give us a holler. There's also a lot of other great things in the article. We got a great little piece on uh, one of our funeral homes in St. Louis. Take a look if you want to find out more that saved a beautiful piece of art from destruction and now has it on display at their funeral home. And uh, some other uh, very interesting article on pacemakers, which actually is a call I've gotten three times this week, what to do with these pacemakers that they take out of someone. Well, back up first, your cremation documents should have in there something the family signs that where you spell out what you're going to do with that pacemaker, okay? Uh whether it's the funeral home is going to dispose of it or what else is going to be done with it. Something that can be done with it is spelled out of the magazine is that there's a company in the, uh, that will take the in Missouri that will take these pacemakers and use them for dogs, help dogs take, uh, take care of uh, their heart problems with used pacemakers. Kind of interesting. So again, check that out as well. Um, in the other news this week, Funeral homes, a number of them have been getting letters from the receivership. This is a national prearranged services uh, update. Uh, a number of funeral homes are starting to get letters from the receivership talking about possible payments or there will not be payments on some old contracts. As far as we can tell from the ones that we've seen so far in this office, 
They are all dealing with orphaned contracts, orphaned contracts. And orphan contracts were ones where the money actually never made it to those insurance companies in Texas. For those of you that are too young to remember what happened back then is although National Prearranged Services was technically a trust, they used the money from the trust, and I use that in quotation marks, the trust, and used it to purchase life insurance policies in most cases from insurance companies in Texas that the same people that owned NPS owned those companies, the same organization that owned them. Uh, so anyway, most of the NPS money wound up in Texas through, that, through those insurance companies, and that's why the receivership was done in Texas in the first place. But there was some money that was diverted before it ever got to Texas. And we've always referred to those as orphaned contracts. And then there was kind of a middle group where there were some contracts where they may have been orphaned or partially orphaned because maybe some payments were made, partial payments were made, and the consumer stopped making payments. Uh, as they say on Facebook, it's complicated. But you're getting letters. A lot of funeral homes are getting letters saying that either you're not going to get any money on those contracts, that you might get some money on those contracts, or that you're definitely going to get some money on those contracts. Yeah, they're taking a look at them on a case-by-case -case basis. On all of those, especially the ones that say you're going to get money, I don't have a shaker of salt here, but I would say take it with a grain of salt. Until the check comes in and until the check clears, don't count on it, Okay. Uh, in this entire situation, <clears throat> excuse me, remember there's a hierarchy of who gets paid out of whatever money the receivership has collected because the receivership has done that. They've gone out and tried to collect as many assets as they could, but there are a lot of people ahead of funeral homes on that list, on the claimant list. You know, there are the actual various state uh, guarantee funds because what, they, what they've paid out, they have a claim for that. There are the attorneys, yeah, the attorneys are always high on the list of uh, who gets paid, the attorneys for the receivership and people have done work for them, plus all their other uh, expenses that they've had. And uh, the, the funeral home claims for lost interest growth, or in some cases, even these uh, orphan contracts are uh, far enough down on the list that I would not be going out and buying anything based on any money you think you're getting from the receivership until you get it, until the check clears. So please watch out for that. Uh, another uh, news item that we've had pop in here, uh, some of you may or may not have heard of this group, U.S. Patriot Services. U.S. Patriot Services. This apparently, uh, because and we say apparently because the addresses are the same on the little cards they send out to people, is a successor to the uh, American Veterans Group. And what they purport to do is uh, pre-sell caskets to people, kind of putting caskets on layaway. Uh, but they, they collect money to deliver caskets. And the previous group had some problems, and there were some complaints with the Attorney General's office about them. Uh, but now there's a new group, U.S. Patriot Services, that has the same address. Now, we did get a report from one funeral home that a family came in, that they'd had a, uh, a contract, an arrangement with the U.S. Patriot Services for a casket. And in matter of fact, the casket was, in fact, delivered. Supposedly, it was filthy. 
it was a mess. It had to be cleaned up, but at least the casket did show up. So there's something there. So if you get, uh, uh, if you have any problems uh, with a U.S. Patriot Services family that's come in with that, let us know because uh, we want to kind of keep track to see if, if number one, see if this country company is exactly the same as the previous company. The addresses appear to be same on the information they send out. Uh, I know I've gotten some of that stuff at my house. You get a postcard uh, that talks about if you're a veteran or if you're a veteran's family, you know, you're entitled. It kind of makes it sound like it's a government. The, the one that I got in the past, I don't know about this current company, but the previous company sent out these cards that made it sound like this was a government benefit kind of thing, that you're entitled to some government benefits and here's how to do that. Well, you all know what government benefits you get, both from the VA and from Social Security administration. And uh, it's, it's not, wasn't that. It wasn't that. So, uh, but they try to get you to prepay for a casket. And at least with this uh, U.S. Patriot Services, one funeral home did actually get the casket. Uh, it apparently was filthy, but at least they got it. So that's um, up. That's what we've got there. The other thing that I wanted to uh, briefly uh, talk about is, again, something that's popped up several times in this last week, once again. And uh, it has to, excuse me, it has to do, okay, with, uh, and I know we've covered this before, we've talked about it before, but it does have to do with uh, infant deaths. And deaths of stillborns, a baby was born and then died, or a stillborn that was, you know, the baby was never born. It was never alive. Okay. And there is this distinction between the two as to who is in charge under the statutes. And that's important. So obviously in a situation like this, the parents might be incredibly, you know, upset and emotional and, they may not, there's some instances where they may not know, actually, and maybe they were told, but they don't remember it. Uh, did the baby die and then was born or was it born and then it died? Okay. The key thing there is to find out, was there a birth certificate? Because if there was a birth certificate, then you're going to need to do a death certificate. If there was no birth certificate, don't do a death certificate. That'll mess things up. Won't the computers won't know how to handle that. If the stillborn was far enough along, the hospital should have done a fetal infant death report. So if the, if the fetus was far enough along, there should be a fetal infant death report. And that will tell you right there that the baby was never born in the first place. So in that instance, you don't need to do a death certificate. But who's in charge of those two instances? If the baby was alive at any point in time and then passed away, both parents are equally in charge of what happens to that newborn that died. There's no distinction. There's no tiebreaker. The mother and the father are the parents of the child. They are equally in charge of handling the final disposition of that baby that was born, was alive for a little while, and then passed away. If the mother and the father disagree on what that final disposition should be, you got a problem because it's a tie and it's a jump ball. I mean, there's, there's no tiebreaker in the statute 
in that situation. And we've talked about the past. The statute does include that if people on the same level of next of kinness, people that are all in the same class, if there's a dispute amongst the people in that class, majority wins. But if it's a mother and a father, there's only two people in that class. And if one wants to bury the baby in a graveyard and the other one wants to cremate the baby and they can't agree on something, it's a tie. And there's no tiebreaker in the statute. The family, the mother and father in that case, are either going to have to get together and agree to the same thing. Or unfortunately, one of them may have to go to court and get a court order to tell you which one is in charge. Now, to flip it around if it was the baby was never officially alive, if it was a stillborn, so that there's a fetal infant death report, for example, or even before that, if it was a a fetus that uh, never was alive, then the mother is solely in charge under the most recent statute. There are conflicting statutes in, in the books, but the most recent one says that the mother gets to decide the final disposition of any spontaneous fetal death. So any spontaneous fetal death, the mother has the right under the most recent statute that's on the books to decide what the final disposition of that is. So that's the distinction. So hopefully you don't run into too many situations where the mother and father want different things, but it does happen every now and then. And after birth, they're tied. Before birth, the most recent statute says that the mother of the and mother in, in, in a sense, quotation marks, it's a sad situation, uh, who the mother that uh, would have been the mother if the baby had been born, obviously, uh, she is the one that is in charge of determining the final disposition. So again, that, that's popped up several times this week. And so since it's popped up, that's what we want to talk about. I already did get one of our funeral homes, send me a nice long list of suggested topics. Haven't had time to go through it yet because it's been a wild, crazy week over at the Capitol. Speaking of the Capitol, at least one of the filibusters has stopped. So that's good. And some of the gubernatorial appointments have been moving forward now over at the Senate, which is good. I have not looked yet to see if the appointment to the coroner's board person was approved. I see no reason that he wouldn't have been. There was no opposition to him. That wasn't an issue. The reason they were filibustering these things had nothing to do with who was being appointed. So hopefully that's done. And because I think that's important for the coroner's board to have a quorum. I think that's the case there. So but things are moving a little bit near the end of the week, but they've already lost almost an entire month of getting anything done over there. So good luck on us getting much through this, not just us, but anybody getting much through this session. And that makes our legislative day that's coming up soon and very, very important. And take a look in the magazine that I've already plugged because it has information on that legislative day. You don't need to know how the legislature works. You don't need to know too much of anything. Okay, we'll take care of all of that for you. If you just want to come up, have some coffee and donuts with us, visit your senator or representative, get a picture with them, uh, take a look at the art gallery and the uh, history gallery that's uh, that's all over the place. That's fine, too. That's fine, too. But given how things are over there at the House and the Senate this year, the Senate being a little bit slower on everything, having a good turnout this year is going to be very, very important for them to see that, yes, people care about this particular bill. 
And if they see people care about this particular bill and you can talk to a few people about why you think it's important, the big one, of course, being the education bill that deals with the arts exam. Well, that gives us a better ch chance of uh, us moving up the list of the bills that they will eventually uh, vote on and hopefully pass. All right. Well, that is the news that we have from Jefferson City here today. As always, if you have any questions about any of this, please give us a call. Let us know if you uh, have issues with that uh, U.S. Patriot Service thing, because I want to be able to update on that. Again, the first news out of there is uh, the casket actually got delivered. So even though it was uh, filthy, so that's good. Uh, yeah, partially good. And uh let us know again. Keep those suggestions coming in for future video updates. I've already, I haven't taken a good look on the list that I got yet, but just glancing at it, I think there's a couple ideas that we'll be able to pounce on in the weeks and months ahead. So until next time, hope you enjoy the great weather. I hope you have the weather where you're at that we have in Jefferson City because it's beautiful outside there today. So if you get out there to enjoy it, have a great time with the wonderful weather but stay safe.